Hello and welcome to podcast three in the Talking Flute series one with Claire Southworth and Jean-Paul Wright. Today we're looking at choosing your flute and choosing your flute from a teaching and playing perspective because there are so many options out there and so much written on the internet on what's the best and what's going to be good for you and not good for you that I think it's going to be very interesting to get Claire's take on all this. So, Claire, what would a person need to look for in their first flute? Well, I think beginner or starter flutes, they, they shouldn't be a compromise. They should offer all the securities of a higher-priced model. I was just thinking about my memories of starter flutes when I, when I began, and my memories was of, of clumsy, heavy, noisy keywork, leaking pads, restrictive head joints, not many notes working below middle G, and... And certainly flutes that I, as a teacher, wouldn't ever want to play on or demonstrate on. And the flutes, the starter flutes now are completely different. They're the really good quality flutes on the market. So you need to try as many different flutes as possible. And then finding a flute that is light and easy to blow and that's, that's forgiving in terms of, of low register notes and taking advice from your teacher. You can see on the internet from sites such as Amazon and eBay really, really low-priced student flutes with brand names you've never heard of. What would be your advice to parents that think that this flute will be exactly the same as a more expensive flute? Yes, you know, it's easy to go for the cheap option and that's, that'll be your downfall. I mean, you need to go to uh, specialist shops and take advice from people who know. And, you know, in the, we're very lucky we've got three specialist shops in London and the people in the shops know what they're talking about and they can guide you and assist you in choosing and, if you can, take your teacher along. So going for the best flute that your budget will allow you to start on, you believe, would take you further? Yes, I mean, because I said the starter flutes have changed now, because there are so many good flutes on the market, it will take you a lot further than the, the starter flutes of 30 years ago. So, yes, buy the, buy the best that your budget can cover and take the advice. Now, you've got your flute, and I'd imagine most people listening to this podcast will already have a flute. How do you know when you need to upgrade your instrument? And also, why do you have to? Because... Surely a flute is a flute is a flute. Yes, what happens is that the, as you become better, the flute becomes a little bit more restrictive. And so you find that you sort of reach a point where you can't develop in terms of sound and can't develop in terms of, of technique as quickly as, as you might want to. And again, we go to the advice from your teacher who will advise you to look for the next model up. So most student flutes, as we know, are silver-plated models. The first step up is the silver head. So just adding a silver head onto the silver-plated body. Does that make a big difference? Well, the head joint is probably the most crucial part because it's almost like the most personal part of your flute. It's not easy to say which is your, the best head joint because it's a very personal thing. So you can try different head joints and compare them, the new one, with your present head joint. You need to try all sorts of different things like play different registers, try different dynamics, see if you can change the sounds, see what the clarity is like, 
see how easy it is to articulate on it. I remember years ago trying an old French head joint on my flute and it made the most glorious sound. I was absolutely in love with the sound and I couldn't articulate on it. So nothing was clear. So I had to give it up. But as you get more advanced, really every head joint you pick and every flute you pick is like a compromise. You find one that allows you to do most of the things that you want to do. So being a musician, there's always two sides to this, isn't there? It's what you, when you're playing, can feel and hear and what the person that is listening can feel and hear. Because often they're two different things. Would you encourage somebody to go with you when you're upgrading your flute just to give you feedback? Yes, it's, you definitely need feedback from somebody else and ideally able to try out a, a new flute or a new head joint in a room that works for you acoustically. I know some of the shops let you take away head joints and flutes and try them out for a week or two weeks, and that's really important to see whether you get get on with it when you're out of the shop environment. So taking your first upgrade from a silver-plated flute to a silver head or even a silver tube is largely a personal feeling that you're not progressing as you feel you should be with tonality and depth of colour, but also what's coming back from the teacher, the feedback, that now is the time to really step up. Yes, that's right. And also on a technical side, to have, hopefully if you can go for open holes, which provides a lighter feel in the technique, that that would be preferable, because there's a lot of new music being written that you need open holes for. Let's quickly look at this, Claire, because almost student flutes, in fact, all student flutes that I know of, apart from flutes that go into France, are closed hole. And can you just explain a bit about the differences between closed and open? So closed holes will be a little bit heavier, but the, the downside of closed holes is that it's quite easy to play with a bad hand position. That's every key just being a normal key with no hole in the top. Normal key, no hole in the top. So you can. it's very easy to play on the edges of keys and not on the centre of keys. So when you change to open hole flute, it forces you to get your the pads of your fingers on the centre of the holes. So it's better for your general flute technique. So would it be better, just theoretically, for everybody to start an open hole? I think it would be really good. I know there are, there are you know, a lot of smaller children who start, who find it very difficult for their fingers to reach, but of course there are curved headed flutes around which bring the flute closer to the body so yes it would be an interesting thing to see and with regards to materials obviously we've just spoken about silver plated student flutes and then the upgrade to silver heads and silver body and then all silver with silver mechanism you can also get flutes made of gold platinum and wood what do you hear and feel that is different when you play each different material There are so many differences. I think silver flute has so much to offer and a lot of people jump from silver to try and find something unique without first really exploring what the silver flutes can do. So I would recommend that you go as far as possible on a silver or silver plated flute before you move to a a different material. Gold adds a sort of sweetness to the sound. I, I love the, the, the feel of it, uh, the sound of it. For me personally, I didn't feel I could get enough contrast in the colours of gold, but it does provide a beautiful sweetness to the sound. Wood blends 
beautifully with the orchestra, within the orchestra, within the woodwind section, and adds a softness and a mellowness that you can't always get with metal flutes. You can mould and shape the sound more easily, I think, on, on wood. And platinum gives something completely different again. Platinum, there's sort of a, a hidden strength or power that's almost like you always know there's another gear you can go to and and project something a little bit different, but also get incredible sweetness in the sound. So it has sort of the mixture of silver and gold together. Uh, and of course, I I now play on platinum, so I'm a, I'm a, a great supporter of platinum. So what is the best material then? For me at my stage, I say platinum. But I also remember getting my first silver flute when I was at college and it was being the best flute ever. So, you know, you've got to build... I think you've got to build up gradually. I'm not in favour of... I know quite a lot of, of parents buy their their children sort of the, the best flute money can buy and it doesn't really do them any favours. You always have to sort of grow out of your flute in order to grow into your next flute. So on the developing this theme of flute purchase, usually when somebody's wanting to upgrade or needing to upgrade their flute, one of the parents or guardians will usually go with them to a specialist music shop because fundamentally they're paying the bill. So what would your advice be to a parent when they feel totally bamboozled by the terminology being thrown around, which ultimately adds cost to the instrument, such as, do you want a C or B foot joint? Open or closed holes? C-sharp trill? D-sharp roller? The list goes on. Yes, well, I think from a parent's perspective, it's important to do your research. And luckily now you can Google anything, of course. So the specialist flute shops will give you advice online as to what you should be looking for. And then if you're going to your local music shop, be careful not to be fobbed off with just the flute that's been sitting on the shelf for the last year. Make sure you know what the options are in terms of what, which, which makes and what they're offering. And you don't need to go for extras. You don't need a, a, a B foot. You don't need a C-sharp trill. Open holes, as we know, aren't being offered on starter flutes or beginner flutes. Step-up flutes definitely go for open holes. But take the advice from the specialists and from your teacher. And in the UK here, where would you suggest, or when would you suggest, rather, a flute player moves up from C-foot to B-foot? Well, I've never really needed it. On the the few occasions when I did need a low B, I've either borrowed a B-foot or I've stuck half a cigar tube up the end of the flute <laughs> to give me to give me low B. I remember there was a wonderful moment once in the Philharmonia where we needed low Bs in some... It was probably Marla. And uh, all three of us got out our little silver foil-coated cigar tube and stuck them on the end of our flutes. So um, it's not absolutely necessary. If you're in the profession and playing a lot of... of music written today by today's composers then you will need a low B more frequently so it's something you might need to look into but there are drawbacks about having a low B it can affect the top register make the top register a little bit harder so I would suggest going with the C foot before you 
Get the B. So to encapsulate everything, Claire, do your research, listen to your teacher and take advice from the specialist flute shop where you're buying your instrument. Absolutely. So next week's podcast will be on the wonderful subject of how to practice. And I'll be certainly be very interested to hear from Claire on exactly how I should have practiced many years ago when I was growing up and how I should actually be practicing now. And we'll also have an interview with Gina Luciani, the Los Angeles-based flute player, who is also very big on Instagram, one of the social media channels. So thank you, Claire, once again, and we look forward to speaking to you next week. Talking Flutes is a Trevor James Flute podcast production. More information can be found at trevorjamesflutes.com.